You're listening to the Godfather and Gorney podcast on Rivals.com with your host, the Godfather of recruiting, Mike Farrell. They hate me. I hate them. I hate everybody. And national recruiting analyst, Adam Gorney. I could definitely see a little disappointment in the Gorney household Saturday night. That's right. Welcome into another edition of the Godfather and Gorney podcast with National Recruiting Director Mike Farrell and National Recruiting Analyst Adam Gorney. Guys, let's hop right into it. Uh, a lot of, a lot going on over the weekend in college football. First, let's talk about the big, big upset with Troy over LSU. Mike, what happened in that game? Troy led the whole way. Um, and what's going on with LSU? Yeah, they were just uh, more motivated, more physical, um, better coached. I mean, I think in every aspect, the only thing they didn't have was more talent. Uh, but talent didn't win out in this case as it should, even if you play poorly against an opponent. And Troy's a good football team, but let's be serious here. You know, I mean, LSU and Baton Rouge should win that game by three touchdowns. Um, even if you play poorly, talent should eventually rise to the top and you should eventually, you know, get out of there with a victory at the very least. So this loss has got, um, you know, LSU Nation up in arms. The Mississippi State loss wasn't wasn't thrilling and especially now that we've seen them get croaked in their last two games um you know they're not an overly impressive team as we thought they were when they beat lsu and and now you've got troy so you know the talk is what do we do we you know a huge mistake was made we hired the wrong guy obviously it's early for that type of talk uh but i you know when he was hired i didn't think it was the right choice i said that about charlie strong in texas uh, I think Texas knew that after about a year, maybe a year and a half, and and painfully waited out three years. Um, and I'm I'm curious what LSU's going to do because his buyout is ridiculous. Um, you know they're still paying less miles. They got Ed Orgeron on the hook. Um, I, I don't know what they're going to do, but this is just not a good football team, and it's not a, a well coached football team, and it's not a team that seems to care. Yeah, that's the thing that stands out to me the most is. You know, they, they gave up, it looked like, against Mississippi State two weeks ago. And against Troy, they didn't look much better. The defense does not seem motivated at all. Um, <clears throat> the offense we knew was bad. And and they brought in a, a great coordinator. But, you know, sometimes you can only do so much with what you've been given. And Danny Etling obviously isn't an SEC caliber quarterback to the point where they can win the SEC. Darius Geist didn't play. They only had 162 rushing yards, you know. Um, they just... You know, Troy looked like the team that should have won that game, and they did. Now the question is, do, do you move on from Ordron? Do you just cut ties? And, you know, the, the some of the thinking from the ADs is, you know, if you have to do something tomorrow, you should just do it today and just get it over with and move on. But, you know, that's going to put <clears throat> huge pressure on, on those guys. So, you know, um, I don't know if Ordron can fix this. I don't know if this is a thing that he needs to recruit the, the talent level um, of players in the state and elsewhere to get the guys that Matt Canada and, and Dave Aranda need to run the offense and the defense. But it just looks like they're overmatched from a coaching perspective, but also from a kind of a want-to perspective. Yeah, which is surprising because Orgeron's such a you know rah-rah type of guy. Um, you know, when players have rallied around him, they rallied around him last year, they rallied around him at USC. But, you know, we saw what he did at Ole Miss. And I don't think there was any reason to think that things would go differently. Now, again, you know, you can't write them off already, but this is what we call a loss that, that has all, 
it, it takes away every reasonable thought any fan or booster has. You know, you can lose to Mississippi State and people can be upset. You know, you can lose to an in-division rival. You can lose to uh, an SEC team. You can't lose to Troy at home. So, you know, the problem is, you know, with Orgeron and Les Miles, you're talking $21 million. Uh, I don't think they can really afford that. But the question that I was on the LSU board, um, you know, Tiger beat this, this morning, and uh, some of those uh, fans were asking, so what if attendance decreases you know, over the next year or two, 20 to 30, 20 to 30, 30%. How much does the football program lose if that happens? Um, and they were looking for, you know, actual aerial to, to come through with all that, all that information. I can't do two plus two, but you think about it and, you know, after December 31st, I think his, his bio goes down to 9 million. But the problem is the AD is the one who couldn't get it done. I mean, he couldn't get Herman... Uh, Herman sort of played them and, and we all knew he was going to Texas and, and gave this ridiculous contract to Orgeron. So he's not going to give up on him. He's going to go down with the ship. So I think LSU is stuck in this situation for at least another season after this one, maybe two. And that could set the program back quite a bit because we see Texas trying to crawl out of, you know, the hole that they were left. So it, it, it's, it's not going to be something where he's fired, you know, tomorrow, uh, or probably at the end of the season. Uh, and I think LSU's program is sort of just going to be set back a, a couple of years, maybe maybe more than that, and fans are just very upset with that. Yeah, you wonder how it affects recruiting. Alabama has dipped in there as much as they wanted to. Now Texas can, Texas A&M. It's, you know, Orgeron, part of the reason he was hired there and <clears throat> has been such a successful assistant coach is because of his recruiting prowess. And a lot of people wanted to play for Matt Canada, he thought, and Dave Aranda can recruit defensively. But, you know, if you're losing to Troy on homecoming in Baton Rouge, that's going to make things a lot more difficult from a recruiting perspective. Yep. Yeah, yeah we'll see. I mean, and, and let's be honest, the schedule doesn't get any easier going forward. They got uh, Florida this week and uh, obviously the rest of the SEC. So, um, but let's go to the other topic uh, in the SEC we want to talk about in the, in the East. Georgia and Tennessee, kind of a surprise. Um, you know, uh, Gorney, I know you, you thought potentially Tennessee could could pull the upset there, but Good Georgia call. just dominated. I was with you. I think, I think a lot of people probably thought so too, but Georgia just dominated that game. Um, what did you see in that game there, Mike? That's a freaking nail-biter, Gorney. Good one. <laughs> Which one hey. did I pick? I forget. I picked one uh, that, that also you did. Picked Northwe- you picked Northwestern over Wisconsin. At least they hung in there for a little while. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, the defense had to bail Wisconsin out of that one. But, but it, was it was just – It was closer. It was just – it was just – it's just awful. Just awful football uh, on, on the part of Tennessee. Awful offensively, awful defensively. They don't have any answers. They don't have any weapons. You know, they – Finally made a quarterback change. Doesn't make any difference. Um, this is a team that recruited well early in Butch Jones' tenure. You know, a lot of those guys left for the NFL. Uh, you know, there, there's there's no Kamara. There's no Barnett. Um, you know, those guys aren't there to make a difference. And it's pretty evident when you look at the talent level compared to Georgia, which was flying all over the field. And, again, Jake Fromm has to throw, you know, what nine passes i don't even know but a, a very few amount of passes they don't take many chances they've got the three-headed monster at running back 
They control the line of scrimmage, and their defense just flies all over the place and makes plays. Uh, the secondary is excellent. Uh, Roquan Smith is probably the best player, best linebacker in the SEC. It's hard to say best player. Uh, that guy is just an absolute animal. And, uh, and the defensive line is getting a push. You don't have to blitz. You can get a push with your front four, um, you know, or, or, or with four or three guys, and you become a title contender. So I guess the question is, is Georgia a title contender? Can this team beat Alabama? I think each week as we look at it, with the run game and the defense, they can, they can potentially hang, and we're all expecting, you know, what we saw from Alabama and Florida in the SEC championship game the last couple of years. That might not happen if, if these two continue to head uh, towards the path of, um, you know, meeting in the SEC championship game. It could be much closer because that defense is extremely impressive. Yeah, Kirby learned the model how to win in the SEC and to, to compete for national championships from Nick Saban. He, you know, great running game. He, he inherited great running backs, and he smartly is using them. Develop and build an outstanding defense who can shut everybody out. That's what he's doing, and he's a defensive coach. So, you know, obviously Tennessee is terrible. Butch Jones is as quickly out as possible, um, unless he turns this thing around completely and drastically as soon as possible. He's gone. <clears throat> I, I cannot imagine that uh, people there are going to give him another year. But Georgia is is kind of a, a model after Alabama. Now, can can that beat Alabama in an SEC championship game? I don't know. Florida has tried to do. A similar thing with, you know, attacking them. The teams that have beat Alabama in the past seem to spread them out and throw deep. That has been the success of Ole Miss in, in years past. Obviously not this past weekend, uh, but that's what Clemson did as well. So can someone line up and beat Alabama in the trenches running the ball? I'm not so sure. But, you know, put them in that game. Georgia's definitely a national title contender. They're, they're definitely a team that can make the college football playoff. Um, I wonder if two undefeated SEC teams go to the SEC championship and it's a close game, if two SEC teams can get into the playoff. Uh, Georgia is outstanding defensively, outstanding. So they're going to be able to, you know, at least slow down Alabama to keep it close, I would imagine, in the SEC championship game. So definitely, you know, one of the top teams in the country. And there's two things I liked from that game. Kirby Smart is a much better game coach than he was his first year. That was a big Mm -hmm. question because he made some mistakes last year that were – you know, just sort of head scratching and, and he's not making those mistakes now. And, and I think he uh, had a terrific game plan. I think he's got a good staff, but I think he's also getting a feel for what a head coach needs to do during games. And, um, and the fact that the defense wanted the shutout, it was very, very clear that they didn't want to just win that football game, but they wanted the shutout. Um, and they were aggressive in that, the pursuit of that. Um, that defense now has a massive chip on their shoulder and they feel that they can play with anybody. Now, again, if you had to pick today, you'd pick Alabama to beat Georgia. Um, they might be a year away. Uh, the question is going to be now that it, it said that Fromm and, and Jacob Eason is ready to, to practice and it's going to, the, the starting job is going to be one based on practice performance. I think that's coach speak. If they take Fromm out, that's ridiculous. Do not mess with what's working. Continue to do it until someone figures it out and then tinker with it if you have to from there. But if he, if Kirby Smart decides to go back to Jacob Eason, if he's healthy, um, I think that would be 
Kirby Smart of a year ago and be a very poor decision. You got to stick with Fromm. The team believes in him, and they're getting it done. So do not mess with that. Uh, so I saw that today that that they were going to make that decision based on practice. But I think that's coach speak. It cannot be true. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think only you know you you stay with Fromm because it's been working, but. He's the better quarterback, it seems to me. Eason, a lot of wild, risky passes. It seems like the offense is moving much better under Fromm, and obviously the defense is putting them in fantastic positions to always be on the field. Um, but I think Fromm has shown you know, a lot of leadership and a lot of smart quarterback play for a freshman to go on the road in Tennessee and not make any mistakes. Um, you know, so I think you stick with him because he's the better quarterback too. Well, we'll see. Cause I, I think last year they asked Easton to do a lot more things than they're asking yeah, from to do this year. You know, yeah. they didn't have that defense to rely upon. The running game wasn't as exceptional as it was this year with so many parts, you know, John Ray Swift is a tremendous addition there. Chubb is fully healthy. Sony Michelle is, is fully healthy. I think Jacob Easton last year was asked to do some things where, a true freshman would go in there and force the ball. If Jake Fromm's throwing the ball 23 to 30 times a game, uh, yeah. he could make a lot of mistakes. So, you know, I, I get that, you know, Eason's a talented kid. You, you're supposed to never lose your job to injury or whatever that stupid rule is. I just think you keep it the same. But, again, there's going to be a couple games where they're going to have to throw the ball more than 11 times or 10 times to win. Uh, and that's where it's going to be determined whether Fromm is the guy or not. Um, they've protected him very, very well so far when it comes to having to, to beat teams. Uh, but one of these guys, whether it's Fromm or Easton, is going to have to actually throw the ball to win a football game and maybe lead the team from behind. And that's where the experience of Easton comes in. But right now, decision today, stick with Fromm. Then if they figure out Fromm, then you've got a tremendous backup option. Um, if they juggle back and forth, that'll be real interesting because I think that's they're going to lose one of them probably, you know, whether it's next year or beyond. Um, the juggling back and forth, I think, could be the only thing Kirby does to ruin this season if he, if he does that. He's got to be decisive, uh, but also know when to get his guy out of there and when to put in the, the backup. We'll know a whole lot about more about this team by the middle of November, you know, Florida on a neutral field. That defense is tough. At Auburn is the game that you really watch, I guess, November 11th, because that defense might be, you know, the best they'll see all season. Yeah, okay. Well, what about the flip side of this? We've talked in these first five weeks of the of the season about uh, Butch Jones and, and his job security. Is he even more on the hot seat because of this loss or because of the way that they lost? Yeah, I think he's at the top. You know, I mean, Sumlin's four and one. We all expect the A and M fall fall apart midseason, as as expected. You know, I mean, they've been playing well, but I'm not sure. You know, if they can maintain that. Um, you know, there's other guys. You know, obviously Bielema and guys like that that you can talk about. When it comes to big name guys, the, the target is out there for Jones. So the question is now. You know, if they lose to, I think they have South Carolina and then Alabama. If they lose mm -hmm. to South Carolina you know, and Alabama, or if they get drubbed by Alabama, do they do this midseason? Um, you know, I don't think you should unless you've got somebody that you want to get a head start on that's currently not coaching, you know, and Chip Kelly, of course, is out there, but I'm not sure if he's a fit for what this administration wants. But, um, you know, it, it's going to be now, does he get fired during the season or after the season? Uh, because 
this football team, I don't see them beating South Carolina. Uh, I, and I think they're going to get just annihilated by Alabama. Um, I just don't see a lot of talent. Um, and that's a problem. I mean, there's talented football players, but they're not playing together. Uh, there's really no threat. Uh, um, you know, Kelly's a good running back, but if you're relying on your running game and you fall behind, you're in trouble. And, and neither of the quarterbacks look effective whatsoever. Neither of them look comfortable. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I just saw so many poorly thrown balls in that game that they've got a real problem. I thought Josh Dobbs wasn't a great quarterback, but, man, he's he's Tom Brady compared to these guys right now. What, what I saw in that Georgia-Tennessee game was Georgia flying around the field, making plays, excited on the sidelines. If you're going to make a mistake, do make it doing something, not not doing something. And Tennessee just plays hesitant. They they don't go out and hit people. They're they don't, they they're afraid of making mistakes. There just seems to be a hesitancy out there. Now, can they can they have a complete reset and go into October and win some games? I think there's still a lot of talent on the team. You know, look at look at the players along that defensive line: Kongbo, McKenzie, Tuttle. I mean. For for Georgia to just go up and down the field the way they did and just win it, just you know dominating that game in every sense, tells me that there's more of a mental problem going on in terms of, you know, afraid to make mistakes instead of afraid of going out and being aggressive and doing things. So, you know, I think it's going to be a long October for them. I don't th- I don't see, you know, them coming out and doing anything offensively. They're very poor. If John Kelly's not doing something, they really can't move the ball up and down the field. And so absolutely Butch Jones is on the hot seat. Tennessee people want him out this second. Uh, you know, if they beat Alabama, it's it's almost like they don't want to beat Alabama because they just want to move on and, and, and start anew. So, I you know, he could be out midseason. He could be out late in the season. Um, you know, they, they didn't finish the season well last year. Um, they didn't start it well this year. And so, you know, I think he's clearly number one on the hot seat now. There's talent there, but, you know, I, I just don't think that they've de- developed talent. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think Warrior and Galden have talent. and But when you talk about Kongbo, I mean, this is a freak of nature athlete who was really raw coming out of uh, Juco, who really had no idea what he was doing. And he still doesn't have any idea what he's doing. Yeah. And no, nobody's really taught him. Um, you know, and, and McKenzie's been banged up and, you know, Tuttle has been banged up and, a good defensive tackle combination. You kind of expected them to be maybe the Dexter Lawrence and Christian Wilkins of, of the, the sec. It just hasn't emerged and developed that way. And, um, you know, I, I just don't, I don't see enough depth. I don't see enough guys that have been developed, uh, defensively to say that they're a super talented defensive team and, and offensively we see how poor they are. So, I mean, we don't have to talk about that anymore. It's getting enough, play we don't want to be negative media um or hurt anybody's feelings but you know it it was just ugly that's the bottom line well let's move on then to an upset on the west coast usc washington state uh usc obviously goes up there and loses leaving only one undefeated team left in california but what happened there uh up in pullman yeah gorney go ahead i mean this is you're you're the west coast expert tell me what happened (laughs) all your five stars and four stars got thumped all of my five and four stars. <laughs> yeah, all of your five and four stars out west got thumped. They went up to Pullman and got thumped. They didn't exactly get thumped. They lost by a field goal. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I I think it, 
there's a few factors. One, Washington State's a very good team, very difficult to defend. Mike Leach is a phenomenal coach who takes guys who, who literally does not care about rankings or physical stature. Uh, he'll take he, he'll take the smallest, fastest guy, put him in great position, and they make plays. Um, but I think the defense has really come along in the last couple of years. Uh, they gave Sam Darnold fits all night, and he continues to be a guy who tries to make difficult throws when he doesn't have to. Uh, they didn't really use Ronald Jones as much as I thought they should have. And, uh, you know, Washington State could be a team uh, that's a very difficult out because they have a great quarterback, they have <clears throat> legitimate receivers, and a great running game. So using Jamal Morrow out of the backfield, he's, you know, all these small little scat back types. Um, they're going to be able to score points against people. And finally this year, which a lot of Big 12 teams haven't been able to figure out, is Washington State has a defense uh, that can slow down and sometimes even stop uh, you know, high-powered offenses. So your, your boy Darnold. Um, I'm going to call him your boy Darnold. Because... <laughs> no, why is he my boy? Because <laughs> he's from the West Coast. I call everybody <laughs> your boy who's from the West Coast. What's wrong? I mean – it's not only the, the he makes some great passes that, that just wow you, but, you know, we both talked about a potential regression from the Rose Bowl and how great he was playing, and maybe he was playing over his head a bit. But, I mean, he's just turning the ball over way too much for them. Um, they've got a good running attack. If they had a passing attack where they didn't turn the ball over, let's say they played Alabama-style offense and just yeah. were very smart with the football – they wouldn't lose. Um, I just that the turnovers are just killing us. So what's what's wrong with your boy Darnold? I know. I, you know. I think there are a few things that play into it. One, he does have young receivers. Um, that could be that could be a factor. But I, that's no excuse for him. I mean, he has nine touchdowns and eight interceptions. Uh, he 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 makes throw. He he tries to fit the ball where it doesn't need to be fit. He he should throw it out of bounds. Uh, he he. He does those kinds of things, and if we're talking long-term here, NFL, number one draft pick, those kinds of things, those are the things that kill NFL draft picks high up, interceptions, turnovers, those kinds of concerns, throwing the ball where it's not necessary. Instead of throwing it out of bounds, he's trying to fit it into a really tight window and it's getting picked off. I think they talked about it. I had it on mute on Friday night, but there was some discussion about him having confidence issues um, I don't know if that's with himself or the offensive play calling or his receivers or what it is. Um, who but said that last week? Who, who was the one who said that last week? I know. I'm so smart, Mike. Well, geez, so <laughs> I got, I got, and again, you didn't attack me, but I got attacked everywhere on every social media platform where I said, I, I don't know if this guy's a leader. I don't know if he's carrying himself with confidence. And remember, in the Rose Bowl, that's all he was was confident. They're tall, yeah. calling him Mr. Incredible. This guy's got ice in his veins. He can't be... I just think it's it's his affect. I think when things are going well, he looks one way, and when things are going horrible, he looks another way, and it's similar. You know, it's like, where's the where is the confidence of this guy coming out there and know he's gonna he's gonna make a big play or lead your team on a big drive when they need it this year, and that's what worries me. Um, you know, I'd love to see them just drop Josh Rosen into a USC uniform for one game and see what happens because. That would be just fantastic. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine? I, I've said that before, and I've kind of argued that with people on the sidelines when they were ripping me. Uh, 
you know, imagine Josh Rosen with a Dory Jackson and uh, Juju Smith and Darius Rogers last year, what USC could have done. I, I, I've gone on record and said I believe Josh Rosen is the best quarterback in this class. He's far better than Sam Darnold as an NFL prospect. All those kinds of things. I don't think Darnold is trash, uh, but he's certainly making a lot of mistakes and that and turning the ball over. Um, you know, going up to Washington State with your offensive line against a small defensive line, you should pound the ball, run it. Old USC, you know, student body right, student body left. You have Ronald Jones. You have a, a, a cadre of running backs that you can go to. And then, you know, once they start worrying about the run, then Darnold unleashes a few passes down the field. But I think there is confidence issues. Uh, you know, nine touchdowns to eight interceptions um, against the schedule that they've played is certainly worrying. And so, you know, that's kind of what happened. But I also have to give credit to Washington State because they are very difficult to defend. Um, and their defense is playing really, really well. And this is why I don't have a Pac-12 team going to the playoffs because Washington State will lose a game or two games. Um, they're not that good. They're a good team. The defense has definitely improved, um, but you know they don't they don't have what it takes to go through a season to be undefeated. Um, you know, and then USC. We all figured after you know seeing them in the first game that they would they would drop a couple of games that they weren't expected to drop either. So. Pac-12, I think, will be left out, and that that game itself, we both picked USC to go up there and cover the four. I thought they would just destroy them because I didn't think the defense of Washington State could handle the running game and the passing attack, but they did. So the Pac-12 is uh, it's the worst Power Five conference in the country right now. So so Washington would be the last great hope, and they they had a better team last year, I think. And they got smoked by Alabama in the in the playoff game. So I'm I am in agreement with you, Mike. I don't believe that the Pac-12 has one of the top four teams in the country. Yeah, and I'm wrong. I mean, they're not the worst power five. Obviously, the ACC is just it's 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 uh, something you could put in our hot garbage segment coming up. <laughs> um, other than you know Clemson, but uh, they just. You know they're not going to have that team that runs the table like like the ACC does and and represent the playoffs. So let's yeah. get the hot garbage. All right, let's get the Ooh, that's some hot garbage. Nice. nice. I almost stepped on that. Hit that again. <laughs> Ooh, that's some hot garbage. Nice. Now, did you find a sponsor for us yet, Dave? Sponsored. The, we're, we're still sponsorless. I'm waiting for my email back from Waste Management. We're working. <laughs> yeah, that's our only lead too. It's like. We can't figure out anybody else who handles garbage in this country. Like, maybe we should change it to something more, I don't know, versatile when it comes to sponsorship, like hot hot junk food or something. I don't know, but I'm still waiting. But we got a, we got a hot garbage uh, drop, so that's, that's a little bit of a... One more time? Uh-oh. One more time? Ooh, that's some hot garbage. <laughs> that sounds like Gorney. Is that Gorney? It sounds like Rob. <laughs> no, that was downloaded off the internet. I'm not sure who uh, that is. It probably is Rob. Rob does everything <laughs> on the internet. All right, so hot garbage. Vols, obviously. Florida State is hot garbage. Yeah. I, I wasted hours of my life watching the Florida State Wake Forest game on replay. I was flipping between games uh, early, but um, my goodness, that was just – I mean, if you told me heading into that game – one of these teams has a ton of five stars and four stars, and the other one is just loaded with two stars. Pick which one. I would have came out of that game and said, I have no idea. 
Yeah. I have no clue which team you're talking about. And that is hot garbage. Yeah. I mean, they, they needed to go to the last minute to, to win that game. And they were down most of that game. And, you know, Wake Forest is an improved team. I'll give them credit for that. But usually Florida State goes in there and just completely overpowers and dominates them. And it's 34 nothing, or, you know, one of those games where you just have to go play and make sure nobody gets hurt. And they were hanging on for dear life in that game. And so, again, I don't know if this is a is, this is a creation of James Blackman not being a leader or issues. Uh, the offensive line is complete hot garbage. If there's a more of a derogatory term than hot garbage, we're talking about the offensive line. Well, there line. is. Oh my there God. is. We, we're just not allowed to say those words. We could get that one sponsored, probably. PG thirteen. Uh, yeah. Well, they're banged up too. I mean, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's bad. It's really ugly. And everybody expected Cam Akers to be a Heisman Trophy candidate. Uh, there's just no room for any of those guys to do anything. Jacquez Patrick had some success because he's big and he can run. And you know, those Wake Forest defenders are are not the biggest guys in the world. But right. that. That offensive line is just not good at all, and it's the biggest weakness I think they have, other than the true freshman quarterback. And but the defense is supposed to carry them. The defense is supposed to be what Georgia is. Yeah. The defense is supposed to just shut teams down, put you in a good field position situation, so that you have a short field to work with, and then you can just meticulously beat a Wake Forest thirty-one to nothing. Yeah. And the defense hasn't been playing well either. And there's guys on that. I mean, we've been doing our draft stuff. There's guys all over that defense that are coveted by the NFL that aren't playing to that level. Um, and, man, I, I just I don't know what to think. Like, how do you fix this Florida State team, Gorney? Fix know. it. Get DeAndre Francois back. I mean, get offensive linemen back and healthy um, because Miami's coming to town and uh, they're licking well, their chops here a little bit. And uh, that's always a closely played game. Um, yeah. But when I look at Miami and going up to Duke and, and playing well, and Duke is a, kind of on the same line as a Wake Forest, um, and them playing so well and confidently and, again, flying all over the field and making plays, uh, you know, I think Miami can go up there and win this game. I think so, too. Miami looked very impressive. Their defense is good. You know, they have a weakness at offensive line as well. Um, you know, so that that's going to be interesting to see both of these teams. They do have a quarterback who can move around, who's getting more confident, more comfortable. But um, you know, if you look at one weakness for each team, the offensive line is a weakness for both of them, and and that could be the difference. But but we'll see. But yeah, I mean, Jimbo Fisher's making a cabillion dollars, and and the reason I asked you to fix it is because that's what ask, people are asking him to do. Yeah, fix it. You're one and two. You lost your starting quarterback. Your defense is playing like hot garbage. Um, your offensive line is hot garbage. You, there's no room for anybody to do anything on offense. How do you fix this? And that's where I just see a struggle because I don't see a fix. Now, does that mean they're going to start off 0-6 as Gorney predicted? No. I didn't predict that. They, they won. Um, you know, But this looks like a 7-5 and football team Yeah. right now. Now I think they'll probably go eight and four, nine and three, nine and three, three. I think they'll they'll tweak some stuff, and you know things will be adjusted, and the quarterback will get more comfortable. But if I'm picking a team between Miami that I saw against Duke and and Florida State that I saw against Wake Forest, I got Miami by two touchdowns. Well, if you think only three losses, that means they upset Louisville and Clemson, right? 
I don't know. I can't do math. All right, forget <laughs> nine. <laughs> well, Louis, Louisville, Louisville isn't exactly world beaters. No, you know? I mean they got true. Lamar Jackson, they got some okay receivers, some, some tall guys, and they're they're but they're not exactly world beaters. I mean it's it's but no, I can't do math. So let's say eight and four. I, I think they'll go eight and four. Well. It didn't even have. I don't even know. I can't even keep track with the hurricane. But yeah, my, the Louisiana Monroe game got canceled. Yeah. So, uh, so my and, math is, seven and four. Se, yeah, my math sucked. <laughs> so let's just uh, move on from my math to LSU's on the hot garbage list now. I put UNC up here on the board, but honestly, they're so bad. Should we even consider them hot garbage? Like, there's got to be a level lower than hot garbage, like where rice is. You know. Yeah. Like put UNC with the carbohydrates. And just not even put them in hot garbage. Am I missing a team in hot garbage? Hot garbage, hot garbage. That's worth being hot garbage because I mean Pitt just destroyed Rice, but Pitt's been hot garbage as well, and you know on and on. I mean we expect you know teams like Kansas and Baylor to be hot garbage, but yeah. a good a good team that's really been a surprising disappointment. Uh, I think we've got most of our most of our hot garbage i mean i guess northwestern northwestern was supposed to win the west by according to many people and and the uh, west you know, is there to be won that's for sure and thorson doesn't look good i mean people were in love with him again another big statuesque quarterback who can move around a bit big arm he looks like hot garbage, garbage? <laughs> yeah well, well he so, i mean he does and uh you know i i watched sadly my friday night was Nebraska at Illinois. That was the thrill of my life on on Friday night. And uh, my God, Tanner Tanner Lee looked the yeah. best he did all season, but still against yeah. any realistic defense, any team oh. with a pulse, I just don't see how that's going to come together. I put them together. I put them on my Saturday shine, uh, which is my awesome, amazing three point stance column, which is on the front page of Rivals.com, which everybody should click on. All thirty people who listen to this, if they click. <laughs> 10,000 times each. That's what? I don't even know the math. 30,000. Yeah, 30,000 clicks right there. But I put them on there because he didn't throw a pick six. Yeah. That's why. That's the bar that's been set for for Tanner Lee. He scares the heck out of me, and I'm not a fan of of any program. But when he's back there, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's scanning the field, but not really scanning it. He's just like locked in. Yeah. And I'm like, somebody's going to pick this. Now, Illinois is so bad. Oh, my God. You know, but Rutgers isn't good either. They got to pick six. So, I mean, he is scary. Uh, I would have made the change, obviously. I don't know why Mike Riley didn't, but um, they're not going to win with him. I mean, now they've got what? Wisconsin and Ohio State back to back. Um, that's, that's, that's a lot of trouble there. Um, the funny thing is though, if you look at the standings in the big 10 West, who's on top? Hold on. Hold on. Let me look. It sure is. They're two and oh, they're two and oh, they beat Rutgers (laughs) in Illinois. So they are, they are ahead of Wisconsin technically and no other team in the West has a conference win. It's just that bad. So. That's why Northwestern, you are hot garbage because you should be <laughs> able to compete in this division. And I picked you to upset Wisconsin. Wisconsin couldn't run the ball effectively. Hornybrook, again, with that arm, it's not strong. I'm sorry, everybody who said he improved his arm strength. No, the ball's hanging. He underthrew receivers throughout the game. But their defense is a bunch of overachievers who run around and make plays. And uh, 
that's why they're four and zero. But Northwestern, I guess we can call you hot garbage too. We'll we'll end hot garbage there with one more drop if you got it. That's some hot that is, that is Gorney, man. That sounds like Gorney. God, if, if that's what I sound like, this podcast ends today. Well, you have sounded like that in the past. Oh, okay. I don't know. You might you might have been imitating somebody. <laughs> but, um, I'll still, never admit I'm, I'm, that I did a hot garbage audio take on the internet somewhere. I've, I've heard you sound like that before, <laughs> but usually that's like uh, the first night at the five star challenge after like what are you saying what are you saying <laughs> 28 um diet cokes <laughs> right <laughs> when you call your wife twice and forget you called her the moving first. on to barkley moving on to barkley or mayfield on top of the heisman list i mean is it a two-team race I, I just got my odds i love my odds where are my odds college football odds baby barkley mayfield the next guy for the odds and these are these are not my odds. My odds are much better. Um, but seven uh, nine to one is Mason Rudolph. Who's after that? And then and then Lamar Jackson's ten to one. And then Sam Darnold's still fourteen to one. Whoever's betting money on that, good luck to you. Then you got Bryce Love. Then you're down to Luke Falk. Then you're down to my amazing prediction of JT Barrett, who's thirty three to one. It's it's over. It's a two player race right now. I think so Bryce, I think Bryce Love could inch in there. He's putting up huge numbers. Um and if they continue to hand the ball off to him, he could put up McCaffrey two like, losses. Yeah, that's they true got too. two that's two true losses. Too. Uh he that's could put up McCaffrey like numbers. So he'll he'll go to New York, he'll get the free trip and he'll hang out there, but uh I think it's a two team race. Saquon Barkley I mean, is the best player in college football, right? I mean, that's what the Heisman's about. <clears throat> He's just absolutely no, phenomenal. No, it's not. It's about the best player on the best team or the quarterback on the best team. Yeah, but yeah that's if, true. If he keeps putting up these numbers, I mean, he threw a touchdown pass. He had a return for, for touchdown. and His rushing stats are not, not going for, to. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's not going to get 2,000 yards. Yeah. Like, like most Heisman you know, guys who have won the award get or at least get invited to New York. I still got Mayfield number one. I still think he's, you know, he has no interceptions. Uh, Oklahoma offense is rolling. I think they could easily run the table, despite my Oklahoma State prediction. Um, Oklahoma State had trouble with Texas Tech again, uh, so I'm not really confident in Oklahoma State, especially on defense. Uh, I still got Mayfield one and Barkley two, but I know everybody in the world has it the opposite way. Yeah, no, I, I'm not completely against you, and, and obviously it's a quarterback-driven award. <clears throat> and Penn State has Michigan and Ohio State coming up, and and those things will factor in. But my God, Saquon Barkley is so good. He's he's kickoff returns for 97 yards. He's I still think he's leading the Big Ten in receiving. If not, he's up there close. Uh, a phenomenal running back. So if we're talking about kind of a triple threat player who plays in a what has been known as a defensively dominated conference and not just going out there and throwing the ball over, all over and scoring 50 points a game, uh, you know, you have to go with Saquon Barkley right now. Unnamed NFL scout says he, he's involved in too many collisions and that's a concern at the next level. I'm like, good God. This, you know, I mean, listen, we talk to scouts and they don't want to be named, obviously, because they don't want to lose their jobs for talking to clowns like us. But it's too many collisions. I mean, he's a running back. Yeah. Um, he's not going to run out of bounds. The greatest running back to ever live ran out of bounds. 
Eric Dickerson, who I love, um, to preserve his career. Saquon Barkley is not that guy. If he started to run out of bounds or if he started to avoid contact, he would not be a great running back or he wouldn't be as comfortable as he is. And, and his, his numbers, his strength numbers show this guy's just an absolute brick. So I saw that and I was like, they're, now they're just looking for stuff. Yeah, if he ran out of bounds, off. they'd criticize him that he didn't take on block, uh, hitters or tacklers or whatever. Yeah, and they're probably going to critique his throwing motion, which isn't pretty <laughs> at all or whatever. But just stop trying to find things wrong with the guy. He's also one of the nicest people ever. You know, like he's Deshaun Watson nice. So it's good to root for guys like that. Um, but, again, I still got Mayfield 1 and Barkley 2. So let's go to our final segment, uh, the Dark Horse segment. It's not really a Dark Horse segment because we're not going to do this every week, and I'm I, I, we don't have a drop for it. Um, we have one drop but, on our entire podcast. Well, no, we had two. We had drops <laughs> in, the, in the you know another disappointing evening at the Gorney's on a Saturday oh, night. Oh, that's which right. Is your, that's your wife's entire marital experience. Is <laughs> disappointing Saturday nights with Adam Gorney. So uh, I'm sure your wife walks around the house with a smile on her face at all times. Oh, <laughs> she's she's never even here. Voids um, <laughs> me like the plague. Um, yeah, but that's my high hate everybody and everybody hates me and blah, blah, blah. So, all right, I'm going to go first and I'll go to the ACC first and NC State's my dark horse. There. Oh, that was my um, dark horse. All right, well, I'll take Miami. Okay. Um, you know, again, Virginia Tech is 4-1 and overall, 0-1 in the conference. Miami's 3-0 and and 1-0. But NC State, and again, it's probably a better pick for Miami because they have a chance to win the division where it seems Clemson is going to run through there. Uh, Big 12 Conference, it's an interesting one because TCU is undefeated. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're, you know, an undefeated dark horse, which is like a complete oxymoron or, or whatever that term is. Uh, but I, I'll go TCU because I don't see anybody else. I mean, West Virginia and Kansas State, neither of them have overly impressed me that much. Um, so I'll go TCU there. The Big 10 dark horse. I know my dark horse. Who who is it? Go ahead. Maryland. Yeah, they're like tough to read, man. I mean, they beat Minnesota on the road. The, the the problem with them being a dark horse is you know Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, but they looked very strong against Minnesota. Uh, they look yeah. they they you know they beat Texas, and then but a dark horse has has to have at least a one percent chance of winning their of division. winning the division. Okay, hmm, that's tough. Purdue. Yeah. Purdue could win. Mm. We're talking about a dark horse here, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's not really yeah. th- not really thrilling in the Big Ten. Well, I'm going to tell you who my dark horse is. You're going to laugh out loud. It's Nebraska. They can't be a dark horse. They're leading their division. They can be. They're 3-2 and two overall. Yeah, that's that's horrible. Yeah, that's true. They got to make a quarterback change, though. I mean, they got it. But the division is such hot garbage that I think – you know, they could be a dark horse in there. Wisconsin, everybody expects Wisconsin to win it. Everybody else is eliminated pretty much at this point in time. So Nebraska can be my dark horse. That doesn't mean I believe they're going to win it, but uh, but I, I'll go with that. Uh, Pac-12, dark horse. Wow. I mean, Washington State's undefeated, so it can't really, can't do, although they're not expected to beat Washington in that. I'm going to go Utah. Uh, nobody's paying attention to Utah. I, I know they're going to. I know they're going to fall apart in one or two games this season, as they always do, but I'm going to go Utah. Who do you got? 
I like Utah, and again, no one pays attention to them, but they're one of three undefeated teams in that conference now. And, uh, you know, the defense always stays in games. The offense isn't making a, a whole lot going on, but th- that's the kind of football that Kyle Whittingham likes to play, kind of close games, just win, gut them out, that kind of stuff. Um, I don't see much of a dark horse here. Can Oregon hang with their quarterback out now? I don't think so. I think Stanford's pretty much eliminated from that. So I don't know if there's much yeah, of a Freeman's hurt too. Yeah, so yeah. I think I don't know how long he's, you know it's a shoulder, so we'll see. But yeah, so I guess we can go Utah, but we all know they're not going to win the division. Um, and then I guess the SEC. I mean, Auburn is obviously the choice in the West as a dark horse. Nobody's really going to bet on. A&M to keep this rolling, I don't think. Um, but Kentucky, you know, I mean, Georgia, I think, is a good enough football team to potentially run the table. I think they're going to be the SEC East uh, representative, even though Florida's 3-0 and in that conference and Georgia's 2-0. and uh, Kentucky is a much-improved football team. They're 4-1, and and, uh, you know, I, I think they could be a dark horse if – no, they can't be a dark horse. What am I talking about? I'll go Auburn. Auburn's a dark horse. See, the only way Kentucky kind of wins that division, if I'm right, and things play out the way it does, is if Florida beats Georgia and then Georgia falls apart, right? Yeah. I'm sorry, if Georgia beats Florida and then and then Georgia falls Georgia apart. Georgia beats Florida because Kentucky lost to Florida. who? Yeah, so that's their one loss. Yeah, that's right, because they stopped covering wide receivers. Right, yeah, they just gave up on Tyreek Cleveland. Twice. Twice. <laughs> and I think well, I think also that I think Stoops came out after that game and said there are two coaches now responsible for covering, making sure that every wide receiver is covered on the football <laughs> team or something. Something like that. They had to assign that responsibility to somebody or two people. I'm like, wow. Uh, but, um, yeah, I guess it's Auburn. Auburn looked good against Mississippi State. Jared Stidham. I have a bet with somebody on the um, on the Auburn message board on Rivals that they they gave me the field. They gave me every other quarterback in the SEC, mm-hmm. and it was whoever threw for the most passing yards in the SEC. They had Stidham, and I had the field. Uh, the loser has to put up an avatar, I think, for a month, maybe longer. <laughs> Chosen by the winner. Oh my god. So, Nick Lucero is going to be working overtime if I do win. Now, Stidham's putting up numbers, uh, but he's behind, I think, Locke. Um, I know he's behind Patterson. Bentley, maybe? And he's behind behind Bentley. Bentley. So it's Patterson, Bentley, and Locke. But it's getting tighter. Um, you know. But, again, they're going to face a couple teams that I think is, you know, obviously just going to shut them down. But, yeah, I usually don't make bets like that. I mean, obviously you can't bet money or – or prizes or anything like that because I don't have any money or prizes and uh, you know but yeah I, I wonder what his avatar of me would be though that that would be pretty amazing now it's just for the Auburn board too I don't have to do it on the main board or anything like that you should do that well um, I gotta say I'm 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 rooting against there's not one person on this earth other than me who's rooting for me everybody's rooting against me but if you guys had you know some cojones you would do the same thing and have some fun with our subscribers that pay your salaries, you know, instead of just me interacting with these members. I interact. I have a, I have a whole Come spreadsheet of, of the ones that I've uh, been on. Yeah, no, I just, yeah, a little one hit here. Get on USC and, you know, 
bet something. That's USC fans love you. Yeah, that's productive. That's always that always works for me. <laughs> that's productive. <laughs> no, I have. Ever a... since you had the baby, your productivity's gone to hell. Anyway, no, no, so, I, I'm more focused. I, I just don't waste time now. See, that's the key. Oh, you work smarter, uh, harder, right? Right. Yeah, but I do have an yeah, ACC right. dark horse, and I want it on the record. Because I think Virginia could be a team that su- surprises a lot of people in that coastal division. No, they're horrible. I mean, I know they're three and one. Everybody's all goo goo about the quarterback. They haven't played a conference game yet. They're going to be Virginia. They're going to be Virginia very, very soon. Yeah, but look at their look at the rest of their schedule: God. Duke, North Carolina, BC, Pitt, Georgia Tech. Then it gets hard: Louisville, Miami, Virginia Tech. But until until October twenty eighth, this this dark horse thing could look pretty smart. Yeah, I bet you they lose one or two of those games that they're supposed to. I mean, Duke's better football team, I I'll think. I'll bet you an avatar the... on the Virginia board. <laughs> <laughs> What's their final record? I'll bet you they do not win eight games. Well, I'm not talking about eight games, but seven and five well, is respectable. Well, seven and five is a Seven and I'm five sends that. you to El Paso in the Sun Bowl, baby. Mm, yeah, well, I'm not betting that. Forget it. <laughs> nope. I got to do it. <laughs> But if anybody else wants to bet me an avatar on our message boards, just hit me up at Rivals Mike because I have, um, it's called customer service ability. It's called, um, you know, accessibility. It's called interacting with our fans. Um, I won't give out anybody else's Twitter here because they don't do that. But Rivals Mike, if you want to, if you want to get in on this avatar stuff. You could be changing your avatar on a daily basis. basis. It could just be rotating constantly. Could be. Yeah. Could be. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we better get out of here. Let's uh, let's let's end it there. Um, stay tuned. We, we'll have another edition coming up later this week. Remember to follow us, like Mike said, at Rivals Mike, at Adam Gorney on Twitter, and I am at Real Dave Barry. So, with that, we will see you all again later in the week. <laughs>